is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. We're going to talk to Ben Maller coming up momentarily, who, by the way, is, uh, is tweeting out a little preview of what we can look forward to. Big thanks to the title sponsor of The Big Show. That is Big O. Now through June 13th, get up to a $70 reward card on select Michelin, BF Goodrich, and Uniroyal Tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Uh, real quick, here's here's Ben's tweet. He says, uh, oh, and of course I just go away from it. Uh, ben says, minutes away, hopping on the radio in Salt Lake City on The Zone with Jake and Gordon to give them the bad news about the Jazz going down to the Clippers <laughs> in the NBA playoffs. Oh, boy. And then links the, the station. So uh, with that, let's uh, get out of the Zone phone. Of course, he does overnights on this very station, part of Fox Sports Radio. We welcome him back to the show. He's our friend Ben Maller. What's going on, Ben? Hey, guys, good to be on with you. Are we still going to be friends after this series, or are we going to be mortal enemies? No, no, we can always be friends. We uh, I don't know if you know this, Ben, but Gordon and I disagree a lot on the show. My like, own mother like disagrees with me half the time, Ben, really. <laughs> so it's, That's it's good. all good. That's, good. That's why we like yeah. having you on, because you've got an opinion, and, and not everyone uh, can say that usually. So, uh, But let's talk about it. Why are you loving the Clippers in the series? Uh, well, the, the main reason is obvious. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, you guys saw the last couple of games for the Clippers. He, that was a masterpiece. Uh, it was like an oil painting uh, watching them play <laughs> against the, the Mavericks. And he, the last couple of games, he didn't actually play like that every single game. He really took off at the end of the series. Now, can he do that against the Jazz defense? That's the big question. I'm betting on that happening. Uh, and, and really just the word on the street, the, the, the Clippers coming into the playoffs, one of the reasons they tanked, the last couple games of the regular season they lost to Oklahoma City and Houston was they believe this was the path they they had the jazz on their radar that they thought they matched up well with the jazz and if you look at it on a depth chart they do actually match up pretty well with the jazz but they actually have to perform on the court I'm betting they will um, and we're obviously going to find out starting tonight here but it's it's mainly Kawhi and also the 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 thing about the Clippers that unlike years past they showed against the Mavericks guys that they are willing to change the rotation around in the middle of the series Doc Rivers when he coached this team and they had great players they had great depth but he was pretty stuck in his ways and and so far anyway in round one Ty Lue and they've got a million coaches but they were willing to rotate players in and out of the rotation which is something they, they haven't done in years past so aside from schematics, let me ask you this, Ben. And if we concede that Kawhi Leonard is the best player in this series, okay, how about if you, beyond that, are the rest of the Clippers better than, say, if you take one of the Jazz best players and, and, and remove him and compare the rest of the roster, who's, who's better after that? Well, the key to me, the key to the Clippers and the thing that's the difference between them being eviscerated and them uh, being the team that's in control is Marcus Morris. When, when he's making the three-point shot, 
uh, you know, there's there's a guy. The, the Clippers are pretty much unstoppable when he's when he's consistently making the three point shot. Paul George runs. He's he's like a, a broken water heater. It's hot. It's cold. You know, you don't know what you're going to get from him. Um, but yeah, it is. I, I think I think your point. Uh, you know, to say Kawhi is the best player in the series, and you figure you know Spider Mitchell. We I remember talking to you guys a couple of weeks ago, and this was a big test. And I didn't really tr- believe in the Jazz in part because. Uh, I, I don't trust in the final couple minutes of the game the Jazz was with Donovan Mitchell being able to get it done, so he can make me look like a donkey in this series. I don't think he will, um, but yeah, if you go player for player, I think that the Clippers like how they match up. You can say the Jazz are better. Obviously, Rudy Gobert is a better player than anything the Clippers have, but they they feel like they're close enough where the margins are not overwhelming, and they. You know, they Talking to some of the people around the Clippers, they, you know, they they feel like they dodged the the Luka, like Luka Doncic was playing out of his mind, and they were able to slow him down late in games and and, and win enough, obviously, to win the series. So, uh, but it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. So I guess, and maybe you partially answered this, uh, Ben, but uh, I I thought that the Clippers were just going to smoke Dallas. I, I didn't think it would be close. I thought they they just cream them, and they they go down o two in the series, and I looked really dumb. And I couldn't decide. Gordon and I had a, a part of our show dedicated to whether that was more about the Clippers or the Mavericks. So I guess my question is, when they struggled in round one at times, what was the reason? Well, the reason was the. The secondary players, guys, you saw Tim Hardaway Jr. look like his father, the Hall of Fame level guard. He was making you know big shots, and the the secondary guys for the Mavericks, the Clippers were allowing them to get shots, thinking that these bit players were not going to be able to consistently make the shot. And for a couple of games, they did, and the, and the Clippers got burned. But game one was like a total toss up game, going down at the final couple minutes it was a tie game against the Mavericks and then uh, the the role players the guys it wasn't even Luca in that game it was the, the players around Luca that were able to make the shots and and that's really listen, if the Jazz if the guys that the Clippers are going to leave open allowed to shoot from the outside I know the Jazz have a good three-point shooting team also if those guys are knocking down the three-point shot consistently if they can do it the entire season you know series here the Clippers are screwed I mean they're in some trouble here so I mean, that's pretty much the game plan. They they want, you know, that's that's what most teams do. You want your secondary guys to have to beat you on the other team. And so that's what happened for a while. The Mavericks guys were making shots. Like, it wasn't really Luka down the stretch in, in several of those games. It was Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, even Kristaps Porzingis, who's, you know, out of sorts in Dallas. He made some big shots. So that's really what went haywire in that series, and also, let's be honest, I mean, some of the Clipper guys did not play well down the stretch either, so that manifested the situation that they had against Dallas. So, Ben, if you let me, let me just uh, get a running start at this. You think the Clippers are going to beat the Jazz, but if you look at what happened during the regular season, and maybe that doesn't mean anything, but the Jazz were the third-rated offense in the league and the fourth-rated defense in the league. The Clippers were the fourth-rated offense and the, I believe, eighth-rated defense. Is that Does that mean anything, or, or is everything off the table now because it's the playoffs? 
Yeah, I, I'm going to throw all that out. I, I, I learned a couple years ago. I'm, I'm sure you guys, we've all learned the same thing here. You, The regular season is wonderful and all that, but there's a lot of teams that are on autopilot that are you know on cruise control. And those numbers are actually pretty good for both. Obviously, the Jazz had the great record this year, and the, the Clippers, who could have won many more games, but they were snoozing at certain, uh, certain times. But, uh, yeah, I throw all that out. I mean, to me, the, the NBA postseason is a totally different animal and, you know, you, you see guys kind of going through the motions. And, and in the playoffs, by, by definition, you don't see it. I mean, it's, it's all about perseverance. It's all about not, you know, load management's not as big a deal here. You throw that out. So I, I don't really worry about the numbers that much. Uh, but it's really about who, who's not going to choke at the end of these games. Because I think these games are going to be close. I'd be surprised if the Jazz blow out the Clippers. I'd be Surprised if the Clippers blow out the Jazz. I think these games are going to be fourth quarter games. In the you know the final, most NBA games are anyway. And then in the final couple minutes, uh, we'll, we'll find out who can execute better. And I, I like the Clippers' chances with Kawhi. And and keep in mind, guys, what really turned the corner for Kawhi was the Rondo death stare. If you remember Game Five <laughs> of the Clipper Maverick series, uh, Kawhi Leonard took a shot that was terrible. Didn't make it. Didn't come close to making it. And they were walking off the court, and Rondo gave him the, the, the death stare like he was like uh, going to kill him. And ever since then, uh, Kawhi took off. So, Ben, you do a national show. You talk to people from all over the country, sometimes sober, sometimes not. But I want to ask you a, a broad <laughs> NBA question because I'm curious. Because there's a lot of people like me who say I'd rather have the NBA wide open and different teams uh, being in contention and not see the same teams and the same stars all the time. Yet, when it comes to ratings and national interest, uh, we do want to see the Lakers and LeBron all the time or, or Golden State or these dynasty teams. Which do you prefer? Do you like it like this year where, you know, None of the teams left have won a title, uh, what, in a long, long time, and uh, it feels much more wide open. Or do you like the the dominant stars and dynasties? All right, so personally, obviously I like it. Like you guys who follow the Jazz, I'm a Clipper guy. So, uh, you know, the Clippers are not normally there. So I, I love this. But from a talk show standpoint, like a national show, I mean, just being honest here, it's not particularly great, right? You, you know, it's, it's similar to the NCAA tournament where everyone loves to see Duke lose in the NCAA tournament, except when those power teams like Duke go out of the tournament, fewer people end up watching because they have large fan bases. But, hey, I'm not worried about that. Uh, I'm not a television executive, right? I don't work for the NBA, and you know, fewer people are watching. That's the NBA's problem. That's not my problem. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually excited to see some of the new blood as a fan. Now, as, a, as I said, as a talk show host, it makes it a little bit more difficult because I get a lot of groans and people upset with my shtick because I'm talking about the Clippers, but they're in the playoffs still, so I feel like I'm allowed to talk about it. <laughs> okay, so Ben, let me circle back around to something you said earlier. You said that you uh, your your level of faith in Donovan Mitchell as a closer is not particularly high. Jazz fans have been watching Donovan play that role as a closer for a couple of years now. Uh, why do you? Why is your faith low on that guy? Well, there were a couple of moments in the playoffs last year uh, in that matchup with the Nuggets that I kind of I kind of rolled my eyes out. But it's just I I do not have Donovan Mitchell at that upper tier, and uh, you know he could he could prove me wrong and all that. But in a head to head matchup where you say, even though it's a team game, last minute, last 30 seconds, 
you know the Jazz are going to give the ball to Donovan Mitchell and the Clippers are going to have Kawhi with the ball. I trust Kawhi in that, uh, and you know, I know he didn't, he wasn't perfect. Nobody's perfect, but I, I, I trust him over, over Donovan. Now, if Mitchell comes out here and ends up carving up the Clippers, and uh, he makes me, as I said, look like a, a total, uh, you know, turkey, then that's a different conversation. But at this point, heading in with the information I have right now from the eyeball test over, you know, recent seasons, and I, I haven't watched every Jazz game like you guys have, I'm sure. But I have not been overly impressed. So, so Ben, let me just uh, make a request. If Donovan goes out there and does exactly what you think he he won't do, if he does that, will you come back on with us and talk to us about that? Well, you want me to wear a paper bag like I did last year <laughs> when the Clippers lost to the uh, the Nuggets? I can. <laughs> yeah, I'll come, of course I'll come back on with you guys. All come right. on, listen. And then and, and when the Clippers win and they go on and they go to the Western <laughs> Finals and they go to the NBA Finals, you know, just you know, be be kind. I'll be kind to you guys. I won't rub it in. I won't pour salt in the wound. Well, how about this, Ben? I'll I'll volunteer, Gordon, to get up in the middle of the night and come on the show and and uh, talk to you. About I'll, it. I'll try to be sober. Yeah, how about that? You know, make no, it no, real no, in the middle you, of the show too. No, no, we have a screener. If you're sober, you don't get on the air. <laughs> I want to ask you about Mike Conley, Ben, and and you know you're favoring the Clippers in this matchup, obviously. But how much of the Jazz chances hinges on him coming back at some point and being healthy? Well, you obviously want to have the complete team, and I, and I, I look at what happened in the Milwaukee uh, series against Brooklyn so far, and James Harden got hurt in the first minute, and then the, the Nets have looked like the Harlem Globetrotters the first two games. So it's, it's, it's kind of one of those deals where you're like, well, yeah, the, clearly the Jazz, you think they don't have as good a chance without Conley, but as we've all seen, there's other players that end up you know, stepping up there and all of a sudden you're like, zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day, what happened? Where'd that guy come from? But I, I would think this is a huge night for the Clippers here at the start of the series to kind of get the jump with the injury the Jazz suffered there with Conley out and to take advantage. But I, I, I said the same thing about the box, and then they went out. They were down by 49 points last night. Yeah, so so yeah. I, I don't know how you fall behind by 49 points if you're trying in an NBA game, but they did. Uh, so it's uh, – Weird times. So, Ben, uh, the the sort of the reputation of the Clippers is that they can be fragile mentally, if I if I can say that properly, as far as team chemistry goes and all that. Maybe maybe some of that isn't true. I don't know. I, I'm interested in your view of what happened to the Clippers at the end of last season and what happened over those first few games against Dallas. Yeah, well, they completely imploded. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It was it was pathetic what happened last year. They had the Nuggets on the ropes. They're up three to one. They had the series. They were in complete control, and they they just completely tumbled over like uh, like in an earthquake. And they just it was a total chasm. And you know the people around the Clippers. What I'm hearing, guys, is they they think they took care of that because of the moves they made. Montrez Harrell who we saw with the Lakers, you know, a great player during the regular season, but a liability in the playoffs because of the way he plays. And he was so bad with the Lakers that he, he was a DNP guy. They got rid of him. They felt that Doc Rivers was to blame. He didn't adjust. And so they, they took care of that. They made a few other minor changes uh, to the team. And so they think they got rid of the dead weight. You know, it's like you, you, you have to chop that out. And think they did, and they're in a better situation. And I – 
I'm not a big Ty Lue guy. I don't think coaches, I don't think most of these guys make all that big an impact in the NBA. It's more about the players. But I did love, as I mentioned earlier, guys, the, uh, the fact that they were willing to bench Patrick Beverly and Zubats in game, essentially in game seven. Zubats played a little bit, but hardly any time. And that's, that's the kind of move that last year's Clippers wouldn't make. Doc Rivers, he was locked in his way. He's a very stubborn guy, pig-headed guy. He didn't want didn't to really change the rotations much at all. And, and when things go bad, occasionally, that's, I think that's coaching, right? You have to make adjustments. I think that's what you're supposed to do. And he, and he didn't really do it last year. And so they, they've already shown so far, it's only one round, but they've shown the Clippers are willing to make those adjustments in a series. Well, Ben, thank you very much for jumping on wait, with wait, us. Wait, I need oh. a prediction from Ben. What do you, oh, okay. how, how are you thinking it's going to go? How many games? What? Uh... All right, so this is the official prediction, the Maller seal of approval, the Clippers <laughs> over the Jazz in six games. Game, it's going to end in game six. Clippers will win. All right, there you go. Well, let's hope we, uh, we get a lot of great games on the way to that then, Ben. Absolutely. We need great moments. We need pressure moments where guys either succeed or choke, and we can goof on them or celebrate. That's what we need. All right, Ben. Thank you very much, as always. We really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Ben. That's our friend Ben Maller. You can listen to him on Fox Sports Radio right here on uh, the Zone Sports Network. He does overnights. He's great. What do you make of his prediction, and what do you make of his reason for the prediction, namely Kawhi Leonard? Oh, I think it's it's, it's very, hard to argue with Kawhi. Valid. Kawhi yeah. is so very good, and, and he's even better in the playoffs. It's it's pretty remarkable what he's capable of doing. Ben could easily be right. He could. He could easily be right. I, know I don't think a, he's necessarily right about Donovan Mitchell, though. I, no, I don't. I'm not so I, sure. I, I'm not sure where he was coming through on uh, from on that one. But uh, Donovan, anybody who saw what he did against Memphis. In that first half of uh, of that final game, I <laughs> that looks like a guy who can take care of his team. Donovan, uh, he he took it to Paul George as a rookie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I, Joe I, Ingles bothered him too. Well, I mean. I, I, the point is, I think we all have this short term memory, and somehow Donovan doesn't have a ring yet, even though he's been in the league for four years. And oh, Donovan can't do it in the clutch. And you're like, wait, well, well, he has. I mean, he hasn't always, per se, but he certainly has. Going up against Russell Westbrook, Paul James, Carmelo Anthony in a playoff series as a rookie? Or what did I say? Paul James? (laughs) (laughs) Paul George. I don't know how I have the great Paul James on my mind. Yeah, miss miss Paul James. That was a wonderful human. Mm -hmm. I apologize. Paul George. Uh, Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. To topple that that as a rookie and, and be the leader on a team. That wins that playoff series. I mean, sometimes I don't think Donovan gets the credit. Yeah, and, I, and, and uh, Ben brought up what happened last year. I'm not sure that was Donovan's fault. Yeah, that last game was not his best game, but he. I mean, how many how many points did he score in that series? I don't think anybody can blame Donovan for how that that thing went down. Uh, no, I don't either. All right, big thanks to Ben Maller for jumping on with us. We uh, we greatly appreciate it. Want to remind yeah, you about him. Fun. He's he is fun. fun. Yeah, we, we need to get him back on, regardless of what happens. We'll get him on. That'll yeah. be fun. Absolutely. Want to remind you about our friends at Premier Wave Therapy. You have heard about Acoustic Wave for ED and how it is an effective treatment to, to help nearly all men. There is now a physician-owned clinic here in Utah. Uh, learn how they are unique by visiting premierwave.com for more information and learn about their special offer. That's premierwave.com. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time?
time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, this is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point belt. Round number two for the Utah Jazz begins tonight here at Vivint Arena. The L.A. Clippers are in town. Game one, of course. Here's Jordan Clarkson asked about the Clippers uh, kind of wanting to play the Jazz when they uh, lost a couple games at the end of the year. I mean, if that's what they was doing, that's what they was doing. If they was losing games trying to come play us, hey, that's the fate. You know, they chose and, you know, we're going to come out there, lace them up and, um, you know, win a series. First one of four. So, um, that's what they was doing, trying to manipulate that and uh, thinking then it is what it is. And then we just, uh, like I said, we're going to stick to what we do and um, put all force on it. No Mike Conley tonight, uh, still recovering from that injured hamstring. Tip-off, Jazz Clips, a little after 8 o'clock here at Vivint Arena. Pre-game coverage live from the plaza out front begins at 7. This update brought to you by Mountain Land Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, uh, landscaping irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you, mountainland.com. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Travis's dedication to the Clippers. This is going to hurt. All right. Shout out to Travis on the Total Request Tuesday. Uh, breaking NBA news, and then we're going to hear from Coach Snyder. Um, Sham Sharania reporting Denver Nuggets star Nikola Jokic has won the 2021 NBA MVP award. Yeah, no big surprise there. Yeah, he's really good on offense. Oh. Well, that's usually what it's based on, right? Uh, I guess. I don't know if it's what it should be based on. But, yeah, no. he's, he's really good at offense, yeah. He mm-hmm. is. Very unique. He can do so many things. I mean, what can't he do offensively? Offensively. <laughs> what can't he do? He can bring the ball up the floor. He can handle the ball. He certainly is a, is one of the best passing big men I've ever seen. And he can shoot it far and wide, close and from distance. His handle's okay. Right. I mean, he's not a point guard, but... Kind of is, though. He's kind of a point center, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, credit the Nuggets for building their team around him the way that they've done. I mean, he's very good. He's very good at the role they want him to play. Remember when they were trying to decide whether who should go, Jokic or Nurkic? I do remember that. Mm -hmm. I like uh, the right decision. I love me some Nurk, but yeah, Yeah. uh, Jokic is certainly the uh, the better player. Your MVP, there it is. All right, let's hear from the coach, Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder, and his availability today. Obviously, we we heard that Mike was only a part a partial participant in practice yesterday. You kind of just tell us as much as you're able, kind of you know how much he was able to go today, and kind of when the decision was made. Uh, that he wouldn't be able to go tonight? Well, I, I think, you know, really no different than than when we've had these discussions previously. There's always um, a process that you go through 
um, particularly, you know, with an injury like this, where it's something that's being constantly treated and monitored, um, you know, and trying to find a right balance when um, he's able to come back and come back effectively. So as far as practice goes, um, obviously this morning being game day, uh, you do less in practice and, you know, he's doing things that, that he's capable of doing that are part of his rehabilitation process. So um, obviously, you know, Mike's a huge part of who we are. Um, I think in particular, when you have a team um, th that is switching one through five, I, I don't think, you know, I've gotten, you know, a number of questions about, you know, game plan and tactics and things like that. And, you know, typically, those aren't things that coaches necessarily, you know, discuss during the course of a series, particularly on the front end. But in this case, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any mystery that um, if you watch the Dallas series, the Clippers have played small um, with Morris at the five or Batum at the five. However, um, you want to identify those positions. So in Mike's case, he's someone that that's able, you know, to attack a switch to get in the lane. And that's something for us collectively, I think that we're going to continue to have to figure out as a team. Um, there's really no mystery to that for us. Um, you know, people would prefer that Rudy not stand under the rim and either they put him in the strong corner, you know, in, on the wing in the high quadrant. Um, those are things that, that we've seen and have prepared for, for, you know, for a long time because they've happened during the course of a season. So to the extent that um, any player's absence impacts you um, and particularly against, you know, a given opponent, um, obviously we're a matchup that the Clippers felt like was an advantageous matchup for them. Um, you know, whether they play small the whole game or not, you know, that's probably not the case because Zubac is an excellent player. Um, Ty's one of the best people, um, one of the best coaches in the league. Um, and being, being willing to, to make adjustments, whether it be in games uh, or between games. Uh, so many of those things that, you know, we're actually prepared for um, on some level. Uh, that doesn't mean, you know, that it's easy in any way, shape or form. Um, and certainly Mike's absence, hopefully we can get him back soon. Um, not just because of, you know, this matchup and how, how the game will feel, but, because, you know, he, he's been he's been terrific the, the whole year on both ends of the floor. So, um, you know, that's a little more of an extended version of um, of Mike being out tonight. Hopefully we get him back, you know, as quickly as possible. But again, those things, you know, are, are hard to predict. And, you know, hopefully we can if you still want to ask me game plan questions, I'm happy to try to comply. Um, but in anticipation of, of a lot of those that have been coming and, and will continue to come. Hopefully that gives us a, a head start. All right. Next question will be from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. I guess with all of that in mind, Quinn, um, certainly there will be more minutes and more responsibility on the shoulders of Joe Donovan. Uh, but would you, I mean, are you looking to just use those guys and sort of put a little bit more load on their shoulders or would you bring in like a Trent or a Mie? I think everything, the one thing about the playoffs is, you know, you try to prepare and, and really in our case, um, 
you know, we've, we have the defensive player of the year in my mind. Um, you know, we have a team that's um, built around pick and roll and guards attacking. It's one of the reasons the teams want to switch pick and roll. Um, but we've seen multiple coverages. Um, and during the course of the game, those adjustments to the extent that our players have and will be able to react to them. Um, the same is true of matchups and lineups. So whether it's Trent, you know, or Mie, um, you know, certain guys playing more minutes, playoff, you know, rotations get shrunk in the playoffs. The one thing I would say um, is that the, the, the additional load, as it's been for us the entire year, you know, we played the last month of the season um, with lineups that, that didn't necessarily have, you know, our pure point guards out there. And we have to play a little bit differently. I think we have to share the ball more. I think, you know, people like George Royce, you know, Boyan, those guys, whether they're, they're not traditional playmakers the way that you would think of as say Donovan or Mike, um, but they're capable of making plays. And I think the big thing for us um, as we do spread, you know, offensive responsibility across the board is that we have to be efficient. You know, we have to not turn the ball over against a team, you know, that, that they're so long and they're so good defensively, not just on the ball, but I think they don't get enough credit for what they do off the ball. So um, they really shrink the court. And that means that, you know, you have to be unbelievably precise in your spacing um, and your timing, you know, how quickly you get off the ball. Um, if you're not spaced right, they're going to close out on you. Um, so it's, it's a, you know, like I said, they're, they're, they're that good. And I, I think, you know, the way that they finished the Dallas series, even, you know, anybody that, that watched that, you could see a team that, you know, was gaining momentum, you know, gaining even more continuity, confidence, not like that was lacking. Um, but I think they're playing the best basketball they have all year. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Quentin, uh, obviously without Mike, I think Joe plays a bigger role and potentially usually has been in your starting lineup when when Mike's out. I'm, I'm curious because a, a couple of years ago in the Houston Rockets series when they were switching everything, he really kind of struggled. Do you think he has improved at attacking those kind of switching defenses? Well, I guess the first thing I do, Andy, is look back at that series and and, and look at the, you know, the, the entire team. Our team's a different team since then. Um you know, to, to, to say um, that because of the way someone played two years ago, that that's, you know, necessarily what we're going to, you know, see now. Um, you know, I, I don't actually, I don't, I don't think that's what you're trying to say. The point is that I don't think when you attack switching defenses, um, one, you know, you have to attack at the point. You know, it's not something that you just want to allow a team to switch and then just put you into isolation. Um, and then it's really what you do after you switch um, and trying to recognize how other players are being guarded. And I, I think the ball movement, whether it's Joe or Donovan or Mike, um, you know, I, I don't, that, that's in some ways, that's what defenses want you to do. They want the ball to stop. That's one way to get it to stop. And, you know, we have to be committed to continuing to move the ball in addition to, to being able to attack at the point and go by people, you know, and create opportunities that way. So I, I think it's, it's twofold and, you know, Joe's handled the ball. Joe's evolution as a player 
Um, I mean, Joe played the point for about a month, the last month of the season. And, you know, that's a big load to carry. I, I don't think that anyone would call Joe a point guard. I think what he is, is a playmaker. And for us to be able to put him in situations where he can make plays is important. I, I would say also that Joe's, you know, one of the top two or three catch and shoot three point shooters in the league. Um, so we don't want to take that part of his game away from him, which is kind of what I was referring to previously that, you know, we have to, as a group, create shots for each other and not let that fall on any one guy, be it Joe or Donovan or JC or the guys that typically, you know, are doing more of that for us. Ben Anderson, kslsports.com. Quinn, what, I mean, even going back a couple of years, like Andy was talking about, Donovan's just so much better uh, as a point guard or playing in that role now than he was. How does that help and what does he do differently than he used to? Well, I think we take, we continue to talk about two years ago and I'm trying to remember two years ago. Um, obviously there's things that, that are similar, um, but we're, we're a different team. And as you said, you know, you know, Donovan's a different player. Joe's a different player. We didn't have Boyan at that point. We didn't have JC, you know, Rudy's two or three years older. So um, I, I think it's more of a collective thing for us. And as I said, um, th there's no mystery. You know, I, we, we've had teams switch one through five against us the entire season. Um, we've had teams drop their bigs the entire season. Donovan's been blitzed in pick and roll the entire season. Um, people have hard hedged against us the entire season. People have spaced Rudy in the strong corner the entire season. So all these things to me, um, you know, it's a question of how we execute. And to your point, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously Donovan was an all-star this year. He wasn't an all-star as rookie year. He was really good, um, but he's gotten better, you know, and we've got a lot of guys that weren't on those teams. And I think to, I'm, I'm really not looking backward. Um, you know, I'm looking at the team that we're, we're playing right now and the Clippers, as I said, you know, they're playing as well as anybody in the league right now. Um, and that's really our focus. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. I uh, wanted to make sure we got those last couple of comments in. Um, there were a couple minutes to go. We'll uh, get that up in podcast form if you want to hear the rest. But uh, Coach Snyder talks about the evolution of this team. Don't get uh, bogged down in what happened two years ago. They've added some pieces and some players have gotten better. Man, I love Quinn's fire. In that interview, he is, he knows exactly what everyone is thinking. He probably knows what the Clippers are thinking, and he's ready to attack. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. Well, he referred oh. to it that the Clippers uh, ducked games oh. to get him. And, yeah. and, oh, he wants his team to know that. I'm right. sure that's oh, been yeah. discussed. Well, Jordan Clarkson mentioned it too. He sure did. And, and look, I know. Don, I mean, uh, Quinn does not say things randomly. Every once in a while, you can get him to go off on a tangent this way or that way. But he is—he thinks these things through, and he says what he thinks he—he he wants his team to hear, and he wants his team to know that the Clippers went out of their way to play the Jazz, and they think they're better than the Jazz. He wants them to know that and to go out there and focus and play with force and do all the things that he just described in that interview. I love that interview. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, he was good today, no doubt. All right, coming up next, we have uh, a market update. 
at uh, the top of the 4 o'clock hour. We'll get into what's going on. Bowler jumps on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, a Tuesday staple. We always look forward to talking to Bowler. And uh, Gordon thinks he's going to come down and like prune the trees down here at the arena or something. <laughs> no but, idea. Uh, Bowler has an announcement for us, apparently. So stay tuned for that. Uh, join Hanson Scotty from 10 to 2 at the, the warehouse, 1825 South 300 West in Salt Lake City. Prices so low it'll blow your mind. I believe that's Friday at the warehouse. Friday. We'll go with Friday. Uh, 10 to 2. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Have you opened your eyes out to Chadwick sick by melee it is the big show Gordon Monson Jake Scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone it is time for your market update brought to you by trydaytrading.com now anyone can be a day trader visit trydaytrading.com how did uh, we do in the markets today mixed mixed Jake okay the Dow was off 30 points that's somehow obscene the NASDAQ was up 43 points. That's just, that's, just, that's just perfection. And the S&P was up a fraction, just under one point. You're wrong as usual. Okay, so mixed bag. Got it. Did I really say that once? You're wrong as usual? You've said that to me a bunch. Does... You're wrong as usual. Boy, that sounded mean. I'm sorry. I apologize. You're often mean. I'm the one who's this? always wrong. <laughs> You're... You all, often all say that you, I'm mean. Well, that's what I hear from people, from our listeners. They tell me that all the time. Why is Jig so mean? I say, I, I, he doesn't mean it. And oh, I am not mean. Meanwhile. Oh, meanwhile, hey, Jake, you hey, dummy. I can't make the listener think what they think. They See, just think it. I just disagree with you. You take personal attacks at me. For example, you just that's called not, me a dummy in that that's, drop. That's not, what, that's not the feedback I get. Hey, Jake, you dummy. Well, oh, I'm yeah, I don't that, have any that, drops that was, of Jake calling you dummy. Wait, yeah. that was kidding. That wasn't just. And I'm I'm sorry your family is biased on this particular situation. <laughs> not, but my, it's, not my family. It's, I don't know what it's, to do about it's not that. Not my family. Not my family. I wouldn't bring what they say on the air about anyone around. Jake, here. you are a puzzle wit, a fathead, brains less than a guinea pig. See, now that's taken. That's taken from a list I was reading. Austin is just. He's just throwing flack out there. I think I'm. Um, I, I have a not earned reputation that somehow you have earned, but yet you hear from all these people how mean I am. Okay. Oh, I can't. I can't tell you why they think that, other than it must be true. I, I, I get that a lot. I do. You know what you are. You're a nitpicker. Moron, idiot, stupid, see, right down the line. See, all this is manufactured. None of that. I would never say that about you, Jay. I'm, I'm not you that do, good. Like every day. I do not call you a moron. <laughs> like every I do day. Not. I do. Not. <laughs> it's all in fun, you know? Yeah, that's what I say to myself when I'm crying myself to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay tuned. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh my wanna, gosh, you're an idiot. I'm going to kill you. I just want to picture Jake just crying himself to sleep. Weeping. Yeah, oh, weeping. It is terribly. I think you're an idiot. Tears flowing. 
See, none of this is aimed at you. It's all aimed at me. No, it's not. Yes, it was. Would never say. I'm an idiot. Well, that one was aimed at me. I see what you've done to him, Gordon. Yeah. Now I, I have a low I would, opinion of myself. I would never say that about you. I, Again. You know, I would never. Uh, <laughs> Within earshot. Right. Jake, first, Today. first of all, real quick, let me clear this up. <laughs> I, I I love your mom and dad. Oh boy! Even though he called my mom pious like last week. <laughs> no zealot. No. Zealot. That's what it was. Worse yeah, than pious. it was worse than pious. It was a zealot. That was like not. last week. I wasn't meant that way. Uh, and, Yet and, that and, word was used. That's a real and, wedge here. Yeah. And remember, Jake, that I officiated your wedding. That did happen. So I mean, a that, lot of water under the bridge since then. <laughs> did he charge you? <laughs> the funny thing about that is we used to do it back then too. We did. Uh, this it's little, true. This it's our thing. It's not really. I can't think of very many things that we really, really strongly disagree about. Maybe the college uh, amateurism and all that stuff, but. Oh, usually we agree. I hate amateurism. <sighs> Pay those college athletes. You're a little more passionate about cheese than me. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I'd agree with you, Gordon, but then we'd both be right. Stay tuned. We've got what's back going on. on. Cheese a little bit. Coming up next. <laughs> I think Greg Ostertag should be in the NBA Hall of Fame. That's a controversial opinion. Uh, 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. <laughs>